Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Thank you for checking in with me and offering a little bit of your time. Speaking of time, one of my favorite topics, it has been said that timing is everything. Do you agree? Part one today will be what we've been doing in season two about what am I hearing and talking about on the road with companies. And in past episodes, we've talked about time management and prioritization and some of those related topics. And seriously, this continues to be top discussions right now. And I would love to hear from you. Are you feeling that? Is it a matter of what you do next? Uh, What order do we get things done when everything has to be done now? I always use the phrase, when everything is urgent, nothing is. And right now, we are stretched on resources, whether it's people or supply chain or just simply hours in your day. One of the most common things that I see on the road is continued discussion around meetings and the fact that they drain time from our day. We've been saying that about meetings for a long time. There are meeting calculators to show you how costly your meetings are. And I love to point out that when we're in a meeting, if it's not an effective use of our time, not only do you have the cost of being in the meeting, but you have the cost of what's not being done, opportunity lost, because you weren't doing something else. Double whammy. And yet... Many have argued, and I fully support, that meetings should be one of the most important tools we have to actually get work done. A lot of my work recently has been working with clients who have good intentions, but their meetings simply are just not working for them. We know that time is a finite resource, and as a result, we really need to be talking about Team time management and meeting management is one of the best ways we do this collectively. There are a number of arguments to be made that meetings should be shorter and more effective, that we need to map out and cascade what meetings accomplish what, who's in the meeting, what is the purpose, what uh, frequency, what are the outcomes, and being able to map that out So people have a visual of what do meetings actually accomplish here. If you want an example of one of those, uh, certainly reach out to me on email or social media and I would happily share it. With time being a finite resource, one of the things I really want us to consider for today is under that topic of prioritization. And so while this all is going on in our teams and companies right now. Meetings are still happening and they've been happening since the beginning and I don't think we're getting rid of them. What does your team need to do? Maybe your role is to be a good participant. Maybe your role is to be the meeting leader. What would be something you could do this week to just to get it back on track, to maybe bring it back to an agenda Do you have the right people in the room? Are you talking about the right stuff with the right group at the right time? Now, that's one particular area to look at. But there are some other things within priorities. And I want to 
add to that today under the topic of not now. So you might be listening to me saying, Selena, I would really like to clean up our meeting structure. Our meetings are ineffective, but I just can't do it now. And we have to make choices. I thought about this as I was repeating a familiar phrase in my speaking engagements that as organizations evolve in an ever-changing dynamic environment, that an idea that did not work six months ago may work now. And an idea that works now may not be a good one 12 months in the future. I've made various combinations of that statement, noting the fact that we just don't know what will work when. Now, we do our research. Of course, we plan. We aim to do our best. And when we can with that, it works. And being a strategist, this idea of timing has often been hard for me to really grasp. I love strategic declarations, mission, vision, purpose statements. I love how organizations decide to be what they do, how they'll do it, where, when, and so forth. I love going after it, right, when we know what that goal is. Yes, I still am an organizational oh, junkie, right? It just feeds me. I want to know how we do this and why we do this and what gets us motivated to do this. And yet at any given time, organizational leaders must scan the environment, plan for what we can plan for, and make the best decisions possible as a result. And when we look at the dynamics of organizations within business conditions, we know What worked last year won't work this year. What worked this year won't work next year. And that was before COVID. We've learned a few more things this past year. Pre-COVID, I made the statement, leaders will be able to need to be able to make and remake organizations. They're going to have to see ahead with clarity to the goal, whether it's our purpose or a mission or what it is we aim to accomplish and yet understand the muck of the unknown. I love that phrase, muck of the unknown, between here and there. Be crystal clear on what we want to do, but flexible in how we get there. We have to be able to make and remake. And here we are. There isn't one organization I know of today that hasn't had to question everything, or at least should be taking a hard, long, critical look at themselves. So while I know there's a lot we could unpack under this topic, I want to focus on five key points for this episode, things that not only do I see in lived experience within teams and companies, but that I see popping up in the research and hopefully some things you can consider today. Number one, strategic leadership is critical for the lifeblood of an organization, We need each person to be able to see how their work fits into the larger scope. To do that, we need even more lateral coordination than ever before. With limited resources, we need to be even more particular about handoffs, transitions, and roles to avoid misses and rework. And with working, when I'm working in a group, I always start here. Who does what? What is unclear? And what isn't working now? 
strategic and strategy by definition is that declaration of intent. Leadership is that influence and motivation of people and resources in order to accomplish goals. So strategic leadership for us today is understanding how your work impacts others around you and how you can get to the goals with and through everybody. Number two, adaptability and innovation will remain central to survival and growth in the coming year. We don't have to look as an organization how we always have. Rules are literally being rewritten every day. Maybe for today, your pause during this podcast is to consider what rules you're holding on to or your team or your company is holding on to that just don't serve you anymore. What rules are holding us back from a new, different, simplified, or simply changed team, changed organization? This next year is going to be about adaptability and innovation as we redesign work processes, deliverables in order to resize what's possible within our companies. Number three, I'm going to use a phrase that I know will have meaning. I hope that you accept it with the context in which I'm sharing it. Put sacred cows out to pasture. We must let go in our teams and companies of those long-held beliefs of what is and is not, what we should do or be. These often unfeel, uh, feel untouchable, yet may just be what is holding us back. We have to name them, sit with them, and have some honest conversations about whether or not they are still sacred. I love to say, when I'm sitting with clients, this is my phrase. I I never want to ding on the past. I always want to honor the past, but I don't want to stay there. I don't want us to sit there and linger. And I know we have some employees that love to do that. What our organization was once may not be, but what could be next? If we freed up our energy on an endeavor that no longer fits our future, how could it be adapted or repurposed? Leaders must be able to make and remake organizations. If it's going to be about adaptability and innovation, we have to acknowledge what things are we still holding onto that just don't serve us anymore. Number four, feel the emotions. Be sad about what was and what is. There's nothing that says we can't be disappointed that that no longer works. Be excited about what could be. And it is also okay to have conflicting emotions at the same time. For example, personally, I can share with you, I am super excited about my daughter who is joyful, confident, and ready to move to her college as a freshman in three weeks. I'm, I, you know, as a, as a proud mom, I can watch her and just be so excited for who she is and the pathway ahead. And she's ready. 
Yet on the emotion side, I can also know and feel that I really, really, really will miss her. It's okay to have two sets of conflicting emotions. I can be in my team, in my company, be melancholy, there's our word, or reflective about, huh, I really liked that. God, that was good for that time and place. And these are the conversations we need to be having with our team members. It's okay, right? We've got this nostalgic past thing. I love traditions. I love legacies. And yet we need to make sure that they're not holding us back. Feel the feel. In our organizations or teams, it could be, I really see the potential. And yet it isn't right now. Or how can we learn from this and decide what's next? It may also be we're grieving for what could have been if, if something had been different, if this just hadn't happened. I believe there is value in understanding that loss and then repositioning that energy to what is and could be next. Number five. Prioritize the work. Part of the work as leaders is to have the hard conversations and name reality. Often we keep doing the work we know how to do, giving every option our best effort. In times of adjustment and exploring new strategies, it may be good to stop doing, start doing, or shift the doing to something different. So priorities of what matters most are clear. This past year, this mantra has been a way to re-examine my energy, my resources, including my time. I've noted though, not now is not, not ever. It is that right now it cannot be priority. This has been helpful for me as a mom, wife, friend. It's been helpful for me as a business owner, colleague, and community volunteer. I have learned to say, not now. While I am very clear that we need to answer the call of leadership, I also equally believe we need to be honest about priorities, shifts, and changes we are experiencing. And our organizations need to do the same. Strategically, we've all had to decide what now. And there is no doubt in my mind those are really hard conversations. When we see so much potential, opportunity, need, or desire, and yet we know we cannot do everything all at once. Some endeavors, maybe now, and other choices, maybe not now. Okay, workplace chameleon, let's do this better. Until then, I'll see you soon.